With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to another round of the fifth down. My name is Mitch Hill. Along with, alongside of me is Bennett Hughes. Bennett, how are you doing? Hey, Mitch. Doing, doing pretty good this uh, Sunday afternoon. Satisfied with just a, a solid, just status quo win yesterday for the Tigers. It's exactly kind of what you wanted to see because the Tigers were, they were. Overpower, overpowering on SEMO, obviously, but you wanted to go out there and you wanted to put the game to bed early, and that they did right from the get-go. There was a touchdown on defense, offense, and special teams pretty much all in the first half and everything, so a pretty complete game from the Tigers, wouldn't you say? For sure, for sure. Definitely what you want to see, and anytime you're playing a team like SEMO or an FCS team, you know, it, it can be tough for your team to come out motivated and, and firing on all, all cylinders. Like, I, I was watching the, the LSU game last night. They played Northwestern State, you know, I think in the same conference as SEMO. As um, LSU riding high after that win after Texas, and they, they looked sluggish. They were actually losing early on in that game, ultimately came back and win. But, you know, you never know how your team's going to respond and come out and play against these teams. And, um, Mizzou, Mizzou looked pretty well, pretty good on, on all sides of the ball. I think the coolest thing for me during the game yesterday was, um, we'll get to the kind of the atmosphere in the crowd, which was really good, but the coolest thing I thought was Kale Garrett getting that pick six, because if anyone kind of deserves a big highlight play like that, it'd be Kale Garrett, I would say. 
Definitely. Great to, great to see a true son, a guy from the state of Missouri, a guy who stayed home and has really just worked his, his tail off to continue to be the leader of our defense. Great to see him get a, get a nice little pick and score there. His growth just from like between every year has been incredible. I mean, he was not very recru- like highly recruited at all. Basically, Odom gave him, he kind of got a late offer from Odom and everything. Now he's one of the best linebackers in the conference. Yeah, it, he's a guy. I mean, I definitely think he's going to be on, on the NFL radar. I mean, he's a tackling mm-hmm. machine, pretty instinctual at the linebacker position, um, has the intangibles, just a guy that has worked incredibly hard um, to become the player he has. Yeah, his recruiting story is, is crazy. I think I think he was pretty much signed, sealed, and delivered to go to Navy. And then I think, I think Odom, there might have been a, a decommitment or something like that. And I think Odom was like, what the heck are we doing here? We got to offer this guy. And I think he saw a lot of himself in him. And ultimately, he, he ended up coming to Mizzou, and it's really worked out. It worked out, I would say. Um, and then another another kind of cool thing yesterday was Jalen Knox. He um, kind of be, he had two catches for 104 yards. So I think Mizzou might have found their kind of deep threat receiver. I think so. And, hey, for all those naysayers out there that say that, that Kelly Bryant can't throw the deep ball, I mean, he was throwing those on the money last night. I mean, mm-hmm. right in the breadbasket. Receivers hardly had to make any adjustments whatsoever. Kelly had a really good game. He had a, he had an interception again, kind of one you don't want to see. But for the most part, I mean, 15 of 20, 225, touchdown and an interception, the touchdown to Albert O. But it's just – He's controlling that offense, and he's really developed, I think, from last year at Clemson. He really knows what he wants to do and what he wants to look like as a quarterback now. 100%. And, hey, I think the biggest, the biggest thing in a game like this is we, we got out of the game without sustaining any injuries. Uh, right. You know, everyone's pretty healthy, and we're you know, gearing up for our first conference game against South Carolina this week. Obviously a huge matchup. So um, great to, to get out of that game you know, without any injuries and – overall just great on either side of the ball yeah nothing nothing really huge or anything like that one thing that was cool to see Rashad Floyd's punt return as well um he's a guy that's he's a game breaker at returning kicks and everything but last year he's a little hurt and everything so it was good to see him back up there but when he starts turning turning the corner and everything you're you're just not going to touch him I thought for sure on that play he was going to get tackled like three times, and he somehow, or step out. Yeah, or step out. He somehow was able to to tightrope the sideline and you know juked about two or three guys there inside the twenty to 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 go in. That was uh, there was just a lot of big plays in that game. It was it was fun to watch. So and and just watching, I was not there in person, but watching it on TV, I I had no idea really what to expect from like the attendance mm-hmm. standpoint. I think it was definitely helped by I think it was Parents Weekend, but Overall, it looked like a great atmosphere. I mean, playing a team like SEMO, um, you know, when we had a disappointing result to, to start the year off, and we actually had more more people in the stands this this game than we did against West Virginia. So it's pretty pretty encouraging. Yeah, I was. I think the announced attendance was like 55,000, and I think the new capacity, I think, is about 61,000 and some change, Last if I read that correctly. So... Close to a sellout, really, and against SEMO, again, that's that's a pretty good deal. I mean, I think you would have had two straight sellouts should you have not lost to Wyoming, yeah. but we Mizzou's moving forward with that. The team looks like they put that behind them, and they might be better for it. I've now put myself, by the way, in the ultimate spin zone that 
losing to Wyoming might have helped the team in the long run. You know, definitely time will tell. Um, we've made references to the 2014 losing to team losing to Indiana to start the year. Um, mm-hmm. you, you never know. You never know. And it's one of those things, Mitch, where this was a great game, um, like we said, in pretty much all facets. We had a couple – there was like a stretch of two or three offensive series where we went three and out. You don't want to see that. Um, but other than that, and just a few kind of nitpick uh, penalties there, overall great game, but still just a lot of uncertainty um, going into South Carolina, just because we still, I, I think we still don't necessarily know um, what, what team we got um, going into that game. I think mm-hmm. we're going to be able to put points up against anybody, uh, but you know, it's really going to come down to, you know, what, what's our defense going to look like and are we going to be able to avoid miscues on special teams, which we have in the past. I also think the one thing I'm worried about now is uh, one, you saw it a little bit yesterday, but it is against SEMO. I'm still looking for that defensive line pressure. Yeah. I mean, yes, Mizzou had, I believe three sacks. Yeah. They had three sacks yesterday uh, during the game, but it's against SEMO. Like I'm still waiting for that one guy to, kind of step up and become that just constant fourth in the D-line. Jordan Elliott could be that guy. We're still waiting for uh, Jeff, Trudgeon Jeffcoat to come back. Don't know when he'll be back, but Mizzou still needs that pressure off the off the D-line. Definitely. Jordan Elliott had a monster sack on, was it Tyler Santa Catalina or whatever the heck his name was? Mm-hmm. Um, just, I mean, absolutely rocked him. I think he had an open wound on his on his neck. And you could just tell, you could yeah. just tell, I mean, you kind of feel bad for a guy like that, you know, sitting, I know. you know, with our guys just pinning their ears back and coming at him. I think that guy was actually a talented QB. I think he was North Carolina, North Carolina QB uh, when they beat Nebraska uh, a year or two ago. But now he's, you know, a little bit different offensive line. Um, but yeah, no, would, would completely agree. I think we're still, we're still starting to see right. or, or seeing those guys mesh together. Something that stood out to me, though, last night, and it is against lesser competition, but we were putting some hits on those guys. I mean, putting some absolute just tags on them. And, I mean, a couple of plays where I thought they could have definitely yes. thrown the, the targeting penalty, and thank God they didn't. Um, specifically one on Nick Bolton. We're going to need that guy next week in the No kidding. Play. Yes, yes. But, I, yeah, and so – we we mentioned Kale Garrett, um, but that leads me to my other point about Nick Bolton. No, with that, yeah, that one was. He's a close. guy just watching that game. He's a guy flying around the field. I think he's really starting to to come into his own, and a guy that I think is going to be a a big contributor um, on the defense here down the stretch. He's going to need to be. There's one thing that I've noticed about Nick Bolton, and that's he likes to hit. He's a he's a big fan yeah. of of hitting people, which is good. Um. Nick Bolton looked good. Adam Sparks is also kind of a he's a he's a good player, I think, to me. He could become even better with time. But Adam Sparks, he's not the biggest guy on the field, but he's also one of those guys that really likes to hit as well. Yeah, and hey, you got guys like little Nick Bolton and Adam Sparks. I mean, hey, those are those are some great defensive names right there. Uh, oh yeah. Those are yeah, those are good names for defense. Definitely. And then names. also another thing, um, Tucker McCann, he's really good at kicking field goals. We we found out he had a fifty-two yarder yesterday, but also punting. He's he's averaging over he was averaging over fifty yards on punts, which I I'm not sure how his legs going to hold up the whole season because I mean that's a lot of kicking for that guy. But yeah. he consistently kicks it out of the end zone. His punts are good. He had a sixty-two yarder 
yesterday. I mean, Tucker's becoming a good punter. He, he's, I think he might be better than Fatoni. He could. I mean, Fatoni was a guy that I, I think McCann's got a probably more powerful leg, but uh, Fatoni was one of those guys that could finesse it and drop it inside the, the three-yard line consistently. Mm-hmm. I think that's something McCann is still uh, working on developing, but you hit the nail on the head. I mean, he is just pinning them deep in their own territory, and that's going to be a huge weapon for us. And I think, really, we're not going to preview the South Carolina game too much, but I, I really think that special teams next week is going to be the key to the game. Um, if you look at, at us against in the last two years, they've beat us both times, had you know kickoff returns, and we've had miscues, whether it be missed kicks, missed punts, penalties. I think Tucker McCann is the X factor for this game mm-hmm. coming up this weekend against South Carolina, and it's very encouraging to see how he's he's come in the punting game. Another another player that, you know, he had a rough week one, Larry Three Sticks, but Larry Three Sticks is back again. He had, I believe on our, the first drive he had something like 75 of the 85 yards or something like that. I mean, Larry Roundtree is – I think he's back. I think it's safe to say that. Would agree. Um, good to see him just keeping his head up and, and continuing to work. Just a, just a steady game by him. Still, you know, he had a couple big runs, but still kind of waiting for one of those just, you know, 50, 60 yard outbursts that he had mm-hmm. in some of our, our last couple games of last season. Um, could it be this weekend? You, you never know, but um, good to see him out there and, and doing work. And a stat that I saw was this is our eighth straight game of putting up 31 points or more. Um, you know, I, I'm, at the end of the day, I'm not exactly sure what that tells you, but I think what it what it does say is I think our offense has really gelled under Derek Dooley, um, mm-hmm. and you know I, I think it, I saw it's our it's our the first time we've done that eight straight games consecutively since 2013 when we went to the to the SEC championship game. So good things good things are happening in the offense. Like we said, I think we're going to be able to put up points on just about anybody. Um, it's just avoiding the turnovers and, and the penalties. Yeah, I think avoiding turnovers and penalties is a huge thing. Mizzou still gets some some kind of um, shake-your-head moments when it comes to penalties, whether it be a hold or anything like that. And then you have Kelly Bryant, who's very good at making – he's a good decision-maker, but he has a couple – he's got two interceptions this season where it's like you shouldn't have thrown that one, and you know it is immediately. But the good thing is about Kelly that we've, that we've talked about before is he's not someone that's going to dwell on it. As soon as he if he makes a mistake, he's next play. It's already in the past. He's not going to worry about it, and he's not going to get afraid of anything. Exactly, and and you mentioned it earlier. He just looks very confident out there, and he's really taking control of the offense. And everyone really looks to him um, in big moments. And you know, with the first conference game this this weekend coming up, I'm I'm expecting him to to be on his A game and can uh, continue to um, have success. Um, another thing, not necessarily uh, on the field related or anything, but we kind of talked about the attendance and everything like that. I did get to go down into the, uh, the bunker area, the bunker club area, um, at halftime during the game. And that was it from the, from the field level, the crowd looked really, really good. I would say, I mean, I don't know what it looked like on TV, but it looked good. There was great energy and also Props to Mizzou. They did a great job when it came to uh, designing that south end zone and everything like that. It's going to be a really big weapon for Mizzou to use in recruiting in years to come. And I was happy I got to see a little bit of the inside of it. And so it, it just looked really cool. Um, another thing that's kind of cool is the players are so 
they're close to the fans and everything like that. When they come out, they come out through that garage, which is so cool. I think that's awesome. And then when they come back, when they're going out at halftime, they, there's a big window and everything like that. People can look at them, go through there. It's it's just a really cool kind of thing for the fans to get to uh, be involved in. It makes you feel a little more attached to the team, more so than you than many fans already are. I think it's it's a win-win all around. And I, unfortunately, have not been able to, to be at a game yet. But what I've heard is it sounds like the the south the new south end zone is holding in the sound a little bit more would you agree is it is it a little bit louder in there yes oh yeah i think i think it's louder you can definitely you can definitely feel that there's a difference to it and everything like that there mizzou's made some tweaks to their game days game day as well and everything that's kind of getting the crowd a little bit more involved throughout the game um but like the tiger tails and everything the tiger tails those look good on yeah TV I, as I think well. yeah, yeah it's definitely um something that i've heard too I was just going to say, what do you think about them moving the Missouri Waltz to the first quarter? I think that's a little I, interesting. Per, um, we'll see if they keep it that way. Personally, I'm okay with it because I always find the Missouri Waltz, like, it's a great – it's a, you know, a long tradition and everything like that. But sometimes it comes, like, for example, at the end of the third quarter when you're getting hyped up for the fourth and everything like that, it's not the greatest, like, hype-up music at all. Yeah. I, so – probably one of those things too where you know the peak attendance is probably the first half and they want to have everyone kind of engaged and yeah yeah no they've done some good jobs but yeah i i i've seen that about the south end zone holding in the sound as well and everything and i would agree with that it does feel a little louder in that stadium so um the team is just really energetic they're about all about getting the crowd involved and everything like that but props to and props to all the fans fans are showing up even after kind of that lackluster week one performance so my one complaint, I, I obviously love J-Mac. Jeremy Macklin is probably one of my, my favorite Mizzou players of all time. Mm-hmm. Why are we having him bang the, the drum for the SEMO game? We need him yeah. for the South Carolina, the Kentucky, uh, Florida game. What, get, right. How about the fan beat the drum? I don't know. <laughs> get Mitch Hill out there. Get, get Ben also, Boating out there. Come on. <laughs> this is one of our um, – this is another. This is another thing about uh, kind of J Mac and everything like that. This is one of the things that happens with the transition to SEC. He was introduced as like an SEC legend, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, I guess because he's he's classified as an SEC legend now or whatever, but he never played in the SEC, so it's just weird to yeah. hear. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's kind of like John was also an SEC mm-hmm. legend uh, for playing in like the Big Eight right. basketball. Yeah. So funny, funny how they do yeah, that stuff. So. I mean, overall, I would say, like you said, it was a good game for Mizzou. There's really, I mean, not a whole lot of things to nitpick. I mean, when you win fifty, when you win fifty to nothing, it's kind of like, all right, that was a great game. Let's uh, let's pack that in. Um, kind of switching a little bit away from Mizzou now, uh, since we are kind of reviewing everything that's kind of happened in college football, get you kind of up to up to speed on all that. One thing was, um, Mizzou got out of this game healthy, like we were talking about. Florida, another SEC team, SEC East team, seems like they lost their quarterback for the, or Florida's Felipe Franks is out for the year, so that's another SEC East team that's kind of getting a little weaker, I think. Yeah, that was that was probably the game game of the weekend in the SEC that Tucky Florida game, um, and I I was actually mm-hmm. watching that when Felipe went down, and you know we've we've said before we don't think you know listeners on the show know what we think of of his talent as a QB but he's a pretty tough guy I mean I've seen him take some mm-hmm. monster hits before and bounce back and when I saw him he got his body just got a, got twisted both ways and 
he was on the ground just just writhing in pain. You knew something was up, and obviously gets carted off, and they're saying he's done for the year. So, um, but but their backup came in and let him do a comeback. So you, you never know. And and, and Mizzou, right, so. Mizzou historically is does not play the, the greatest against backups. We know that. So who knows? Oh, Mizzou's great against backup quarterbacks. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Dante Garnettia, I mean, does that yeah. does that ring a bell? Probably too soon. Yep. Probably too yep. soon. <laughs> no, it's so yeah, I mean you hate obviously you hate to see injuries and everything like that, but they're a part of the game. You gotta play who's who's kind of in front of you. South Carolina, they're on their backup quarterback who I watched a, most of that Bama game and everything. There was a backdoor cover in that game for what it's worth, if anyone's curious. But um for the most part, I thought he looked pretty good, South Carolina's quarterback. So I, Mizzou's going to have their hands full with him. He looks like a pretty pure passer, I would say. Yeah, and just looking at him from the high school ranks, he was the number three overall QB come out of last year's class. I mean, that is – talk about just being thrown into the fire. I mean, I think their first game was against, you know, Charleston Southern or right. some D2 school, and he, you know, had a great game. But Alabama at home and then playing, uh, you know, a tough – division foe on the road the, the second game in a in a rivalry game let's not forget that mm-hmm. it is a rivalry game the the governor's cup right i mean that's a that's it's tough for a true freshman and i mean even though he had the one pick he did look pretty good so um I, i'm expecting you know like i said we're really not going to preview that game but just looking ahead to south carolina's schedule they are they are starting the gauntlet they, mm-hmm. they play us. They play Kentucky at home, who they've lost five straight to. Can't forget that. And then they play Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. This is a pivotal game for them. Um, I think they are expecting to be two and one at this point going into mm-hmm. the season. Um, had an unexpected loss to, to North Carolina. Um, this is a big game for them. So I'm expecting them to come out and, and give us their best game and to, it to be a very close one. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Nate uh, Nate Edwards will do the uh, get a good preview for that on before the box score. He does a really good job previewing those. So, um, what are some other things kind of intrigued you um, uh, throughout college football yesterday? Yeah, there was um, there was a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean seriously, it, the slate didn't look that great going into the weekend. Um, but kind of just kind of status quo from from the top guys. Really, no nothing crazy up there. Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Just demolish UCLA. Uh, Chip Kelly's got to be getting a little. I was gonna say, yeah, the fighting Chip Kelly's going on there. 0 and three. Um, Ohio State rolled against Indiana. Um, you know they really haven't played anybody else yet, but Justin Fields looking really good for them. Um, Georgia, Georgia, fifty-five nothing over Arkansas State. Clemson rolled over mm-hmm. Syracuse. Um, nothing, nothing too crazy there. Um, a game that I thought was really interesting, kind of an off the radar game, uh, Colorado losing to Air Force after the big, yeah after the big win against Nebraska last week. Uh, I think I saw it was uh, Air Force's first time beating them in like thirty forty years. Crazy. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, that was that was a weird game. That's kind of one of those you get the big emotional win and everything like that, and then you have to somehow come back down to earth and get ready to face a foe that you might be able to beat, but. Just didn't get just didn't get there in time. It looks like. Yeah, and then a team a team that is going to begin uh, they're, they're starting to get more more publicity is UCF. Um, 
Mm-hmm. You know, they they got their the national champions. Yeah, the national champions. They got their their Power Five game at home, um, at, which is Stanford. I, you know, remains to be seen how good Stanford is. They have right. been good. You know, and, and to give UCF credit, which is tough for me to do, um, they probably scheduled this game a couple years ago when Stanford was a perennial ranked team. They're not looking too hot this year, but they right. come out and just just stomp on the Cardinal. So. Um, you know, there's some people saying they've got an outside shot at the at the playoff. Well, yeah, who knows? It's just, I mean, they'll be national champions again. This In their own mind, yeah. Um, right. Arizona State fighting Herm Edwards, going to the East Lansing and beat Michigan yeah, State. Yeah, that was, that was a, a tough one to see. Michigan State, um, Michigan State having the missed field goal there at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple penalties involved there too, and I think, man, the Iowa Iowa State game, holy cow! Yes, one there's like a four or five hour rain delay. You got the fans right. rushing the field like midday just because there was nothing else to do. There's no game going on, <laughs> and then Iowa State about ready to get the ball back with a minute and thirty left, down by one. It, and it honestly looked like a, a Mizzou against South Carolina play last year where. They punt it and hits off their guy, goes right to Iowa, recovered, game over. I mean, of course. man, yep. tough, tough to see. That's a tough way to lose that game, the especially against like, yes. your in-state yes. rival as well. So yeah. um, Maryland, uh, you know, they had a, a monster win last week. They finally get ranked and then lay an absolute egg against Temple. I think I saw that they're 0-6 in their last six games being ranked, so – I think really, and hey, another one too, the Citadel beat Georgia Tech. Yes, I saw that. Georgia Tech, that was the, so that was going to be the last game on Georgia Tech's schedule that they're favored in the rest of the season. You hate to see it. You hate yeah. to see it. Um, Might be a little bit of a long year yes. for Georgia Tech fans. Um, another a good game, probably one of the better games of the afternoon, USC losing to BYU in overtime. Um you know, they mm-hmm. had that, that true freshman QB for, for USC. I feel like there's been a lot of these true freshmen that have been thrown into action this year. True freshmen, yeah. looks good. Um, ultimately couldn't come up with the win. But um, something for Mizzou fans, BYU is on the schedule in Provo next next year, and their stadium looked unreal mm-hmm. on TV. So that might that might be a game that I got I to gotta go to next year. Yeah. USC, I mean, how long until I think how long until Urban Meyer's there? Oh man, it it's it's looking more and more it's likely. Coming. Shocker, right? Yeah. That's why he moved out there. So <laughs> yeah. He's just waiting for it. Oh yeah. So yeah, overall some good college football. Florida State losing to Virginia. Woof. Florida State is there it's gonna be a tough year for them again. Something's going on down there and they gotta fix that. Bordering bordering mm-hmm. dumpster yep. fire status. Um just a lot of these, a lot of these programs, the Florida States, the Nebraskas, the Tennessees of the world that have great tradition, but in in 2019, just still trying to fight for their identity and, and you know build up their programs to to past days. It's it's just it's interesting to track them. You could even throw USC yep. and UCLA in that category. Tennessee and Nebraska could not be more similar because I mean it's the historic programs and everything like that, but I mean they just. They still live like it's nineteen ninety nine or whatever. It's like you haven't been that good lately. So, like, 
And and I think it's just a, a a repeatable cycle because the fans' expectations are so mm-hmm. high and they're so jaded from reality. And what it's doing is, yes, historically they're they're great programs and they've got great facilities and you know the the recruiting bases are are good. Um, donors have deep pockets, but when it comes time to to get a new coach, nobody wants to go right. there. Because they know the expectations are, are way too high and it's a lose-lose situation. They're not so, realistic. Uh, exactly. Um, we saw that with Tennessee in this last cycle where they, they think they, they interviewed like nine guys. There was a mutiny. Nobody wanted the job. Yeah. There was a mutiny over one guy that they so, were going to hire. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's just crazy, man. That's why, obviously, I love the NFL, but that's where – I like college football a little bit more just because the passion is, I mean, it's unrivaled. Oh, absolutely. The passion in college football is crazy. Uh, one thing I want to do before, or want, want to touch on before we get out of here and do some final thoughts and everything, props to Georgia for that Arkansas State, the pink out and everything like that. That was very touching between both programs and everything like that and proof that sometimes the comment section of the internet can do good things. That was just a really cool kind of, kind of touch that Georgia did and everything like that. And I mean, yes, they blew the doors off of Arkansas state, but some things are a lot bigger than college football. And that was just a really, really cool thing for all their fans to do. Yeah, that was, that was very, very nice to see. Um, I th- yeah. Was it, is Arkansas state's coach, his wife, his wife passed, passed away, away from, from breast, breast cancer. Yeah. At earlier the, or the beginning ago. of August, I believe. So, yeah. So. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was a really cool kind of gesture and everything like that. And props to Georgia for, you know, it's a, I mean, it's a home game for them. Props to them kind of putting away their, their red, their red dog tees and everything like that. And, you know, doing a little, doing a little pink and everything like that for something that's a little bit bigger than the game that's on the field. Definitely. Um. Yeah. So really kind of like you were saying, kind of a chalk weekend. Mizzou took care of business. Um, do you have any kind of final thoughts on what you saw from Mizzou yesterday? Not really, other than the fact that, yeah, we mentioned you never know how, how your team's going to come out in a game like that where you're playing a lesser foe and, you know, it, it can be easy not to be motivated and, and come out a little bit sluggish. And so the fact that we came mm-hmm. out, you know, looked good on both sides of the ball um, and had a shutout too, um, just, I mean, good to see overall. I, I think there's still some uncertainty and we're going to really find out a lot about our team this Saturday yes. um, against the Gamecocks. Mm-hmm. And so there'll be a lot more to unpack uh, for the, the AWLs uh, next Sunday. Yeah. Um, but definitely, you know, the way we've responded the last two games after the first game of the year, uh, definitely encouraging to see, hey, West Virginia beat NC State, who was, you know, 2-0 and at home this weekend. So, you know, they may be better than people thought. Um, mm-hmm. So I think basically at the end of the day, Still some uncertainty. Good to see how we've bounced back. We're going to find out a lot more this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, you're going to find out a lot about this team that's coming Saturday. But overall, it was a complete victory. You got a special teams touchdown, defense touchdown, offense touchdown. I mean, that's what you like to see. You like to see those games go go by pretty pretty fast. I mean, I guess they go by a little slow because there's so many points and everything like that. But for the most part, there's no worry. And it's just a lot easier to watch as a fan and everything like that. So, um, yeah. We'll just have to wait and see what we what this team is made of after next weekend, honestly. So for uh, for myself and Bennett, uh, this has been the latest installment of The Fifth Down. 
You can follow myself on Twitter at mhill underscore and Bennett. Still no name change, correct? No name change. All right, so he is still at Hughes underscore you are daddy. Am I right? That's correct. Perfect. I like that. And so then be sure to subscribe, rate, and review to Rockin' Nation wherever you get your podcast. If you have a question you want us to answer one week, drop a review and uh, we will check it out. We'll answer it on the next pod. And then other than that, you can find everything up. Everything else we're doing at Rock In at rockinnation.com. So thanks for tuning in, guys.